<clears throat> oh, oh, bloody hell. Hey up, this is Clive from Podcast Maintenance and just uh, a quick message to say I'd like to apologise for the sound quality on this podcast because Dan uh, recorded it in a cave, in a bin, underwater. It should be back to normal next episode when we do an, an, another one. Anyway, on behalf of Pixelump Podcast, please enjoy the show. Pixel Hunt podcast where we deep dive and analyze games one system and letter at a time. I'm Mark and I ain't afraid of no ghost. I almost went B.A. Baracas there. <laughs> like, I ain't getting no pain, but you know where I'm coming from. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm Dan and Boston makes me feel good. Or oh, does it? I'm Solon. Where's Winston? Well, I don't think they're the lyrics. Um, so anyway, for this season, uh, this is season two or series two or world two, if you prefer. We are covering the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis if you're from USA. Uh, so working from A to Z with a number on the end. This episode or world two stage seven, the letter G, as you've probably already guessed, is Ghostbusters. I've read the title of, of the um, podcast episode. <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Um, so, but before we um, before we uh, part the curtains and dive in there, um, we like to have a little chit chat about what we've been up to since the last pod, which actually, in this case, has been a very, very, very long time. So, um, Sullivan, kick us off. Fucking, I'm going to kick right off, right? Uh, I. Uh, what have I been ga- gaming? What have I been watching? What have I been doing? Well, I've been continuing my Zelda streams on a Sunday night. Zel- Zelda Zundays. Uh, I've reached Zelda, Zelda Zundays. Zundays. Yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm on to Ocarina of Time at the minute. I'm about roughly halfway through. I've just uh, got out of a big fish. And are you doing the original version of Ocarina, or are you doing the remastery fancier I'm one? I'm doing where you can move the camera and enjoy the game. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm doing the one that came because I didn't want RGB mod my N64. Uh, I took the easy route, and I'm playing the one that came bundled with the Wind Waker, the, the, the you know with the Master Quest as well. Playing that one, so the camera is still yes. click left to point in the way you want to look. So yeah. I know. Uh, time has not been kind to the camera, yeah. but time has been kind to the game because I can't remember. Play- I got it in 98 for Christmas and I didn't want to fail my degree, so I played through it at a rate of knots there and then and I've not played it since, so I can barely remember any of it. So it's been quite nice. It's like playing a new game from scratch. Uh, I, I played it reasonably recently because I played it when they brought the 3DS one out. 
Um, but prior to that, I hadn't played it before. I tried to on that very same disc you're talking about because I played Wind Waker and I absolutely loved it. And then when I tried to play Ocarina, it made me want to get my GameCube, smash it to pieces, set fire to it and fucking do all sorts of other bad things to it. So I'd, I'd dismissed that game. But yes, I also enjoyed it once I could move the camera. Yeah, it's been good. Everyone, I've, I've adapted my Twitter, uh, sorry, my Twitch stream to have loads of crazy daft buttons so for about three hours three to four hours on a sunday night i just become a dancing monkey for people where people uh just manipulate the stream and switch scenes and send animated noises and gifs and gunshots and all sorts at me so if you want to come and manipulate a man in real time and it and you're not going to end up in prison for it <laughs> come along <laughs> um th- yes yeah, so that's been quite fun say so yeah sounds good. Also been going through the Gears of War, and I think I mentioned it over previous one of the previous episodes or whatever. And I'm now on the first, nearly halfway through Gears of War four, which has been really interesting because, like I've said on previous podcasts, I bailed at Gears of War two. I finished that and I thought I've seen enough. And yet these games keep coming out, and these games keep getting good reviews. Five in particular seem to get really good reviews. So I thought I'll, I'll go back through them then. And four, well, three, the, it's enough, isn't it? It's a trilogy. It finishes. It's done at the end of three. So mm, Yeah, it does, it, it does have a little arc that ends. Yeah, so yeah. I thought, well, I wonder where four goes. And it's quite interesting because it's then you, after the war, fighting against the new government at this stage anyway. And you can see that the yeah, locusts th- are coming back into it. But it, it's an interesting perspective. And you play Marcus's son. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, I think four's the best one to be. I, I I thought five, which actually seemed to get better reviews, was a was a step back. I thought it dumbed it down too much. But I think four is probably the for me that was the one I enjoyed the most. Anyway, it, also though four was the one I played that two player all the way through with Riley. So it might have been that that the fact that I'd not played it alone might be part of it. Maybe I'm just surprised at how how just well crafted they are. Yeah, the the dumb. Oh yeah, they're not. Yeah, someone gives a shit about them. They've not been thrown yeah. together. You yeah, got, I, it, yeah, the the well crafted, despite them being just a bit dumb, which they are. You don't you don't need to concentrate yeah. that much to play these games, but they're well put together. They're well good, well put together action film. And when they start bringing all the horror into these, that's when I like it, because you forget just how much horror influence there is in there. Eventually. Yeah, they are they are a bit dark, but they're good though, yeah. aren't they? They're, they're good fun. And like I say, it is ridiculous and over the top and there's big massive guns and stuff like that. But actually, particularly with the first four, they're challenging games that require some skill and some thought. And that's why I didn't like five really so much is because it no longer is a challenging game that requires any skill or thought. It's just like, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I wasn't as keen on that. So for someone who failed after the first one and went, yeah, it was all right, that. Um, do you recommend going back through and doing two, three, four, five? Because I mean, one, it, it more or less, it didn't invent cover shooters, did it? But it nailed it back in yeah. the sixty days. And um, uh, yeah, 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 I can see. Because I enjoyed it. But yeah, I'd, no. I'd say there's the ultimate. There's the revamped version is on Game Pass at the minute of one. I'd say go back through that to familiarise yourself with everybody, and then two is pretty much more of the same three i think is better i saw i'm, yeah. I'm a bit disappointed that i'd actually 
bailed at that point because three is better. Four's better again. And it sounds like five dips off in Mark's opinion. So yeah, I would. They're not particularly long. They're not particularly challenging. And it's just, it's like watching a Fast and Furious film. Yeah, I, I think they're great. I don't, like I say, particularly far. I mean, even if you don't play any of the rest, just play far. And if you've got the opportunity to play through it with someone else sat on a couch, even oh, better. Could... You know, there were so many moments throughout that fourth one where me and Riley were, um, you know, organising ourselves as a team with those bits that are that are almost like tower defence. Yeah, you have to put guns and, out and you know, stuff, some... you? And, and Yeah, barriers. so when you've got two of you playing it, in that way, you know, you're like, you go over there, drop that, do this, blah, blah. And it, it, it really did add something, um, something extra to it. Um, and then there's loads of cool, like, little um, vehicle, vehicle bits in the fourth one as well. You know, when you, there's two of you sat playing it on the couch, you're looking at each other and going, that's fucking cool. Like when you're on the bike. You know, as you're playing it. So there were loads... Yeah. yeah, so there's loads of like really cool moments in it, you know, where you've, you. But I, like I say, I don't know. I don't know whether it it would be as good without someone else there. But it's definitely worth playing it with well, someone else. It's certainly good as solo play because I've just been playing on my own. So it sounds like if you can get someone else, it'd be even better. Daniel. Yeah. Uh, is that is that sold you? Are you going to dive in? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, look how enthusiastic he looks. <laughs> like well, just, uh, do you want to eat this plate of shit? <laughs> it's just it's too much stuff. Yes, there is. So just play what you want. How's about that? All the, all the you, yeah. we've been away. Just it's just worth saying, isn't it, to the listeners? We've been away for this. Probably going to drop six weeks after the last one because. I've never known a period over summer where all of us have been so busy with holidays and clashes. Uh, so I thought, let's get back. Let's get the, let's be enthused. And as you can hear, the enthusiasm is dripping out of Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes it worse because we've done this episode once and it messed up at my end. So we're having to try, <laughs> try, try again now. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like I was um, <laughs> over enthusiastic on the last one. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to download that. I'll do it right Whoa! now. <laughs> and finally, then, uh, before I move on to one of you two bookers, uh, t- keeping on the horror theme, I've been watching something on Netflix called iZombie, which is not like a. It's not like an iPhone, like a iWatch iZombie or anything like that. It's <laughs> It's a not played exactly straight dramedy, maybe. I don't even know if it got that far to, into drama territory, where the main character is a successful surgeon who gets scratched by a zombie, but she doesn't become fully zombified. But she... And she survives, so she's kind of half a zombie. But the only thing she can he- eat is brains. So she takes a job as a pathologist. You <laughs> think she can heat... Uh, I mean, that's that's enough of a zombie, isn't it? I don't, I don't think. No, but she's not stumbling zombie. around. Got scratched up yeah. just a bit, just zombie. Yeah, she's yeah. not stumbling around yeah. like like a walking dead zombie. She's she's still a, a, an upstanding member of the community, although she's very pale and looks emo. And everyone's saying, <laughs> "What? You've changed you?" And she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have." And she, yeah. so she goes for a job as a pathologist as a to do post-mortems on murder victims and things like that. And when she eats the murder victim's brain, she gets 
psychic flashes of the, their life and how they led up to the death so she helps the cops so yeah it's not played entirely straight um the guys i'm gonna say you couldn't really get away with playing that straight could you it sounds like one of the most ridiculous concepts anyone's ever come up with but i've watched the first one of this and i quite liked it but, but i never watched any no, of me too so I, i'm impressed by the pilot uh it, there's only five series of it and I think it's five, 12 episodes as well. So whilst that's 50 hours of TV, but um, at least you know there's an end in it. Uh, but the British guy, the British guy in it who plays mm. the, the, her like, co-worker slash boss in, in the post-mortem place, Morg, I don't know, whatever. And he's really good. And he was on the haunting of Blythe Manor and something else and oh, I think yeah, he's had yeah, a bit yeah. part in okay. the bill or EastEnders or something like that but I came to this well I came to this by listening to uh, F- Fat Man on Batman which is Kevin Smith's podcast where they go over geek stuff Kev's off making clerk three at the minute so his co-host Mark Bernard and they rename it Black Man on Batman because Mark's a black man and they have they had it's well, I don't think so. Well, that's what they that. call it, Daniel. You can't say that. Because he's a black man, and it's black man on Batman. Anyway, so they had they had Rahul on, and I'd never heard of the guy, but he's insanely funny. He's incredibly funny on Twitter. Yesterday, he shared a picture of someone on Twitter where he said, this is why I don't explain British slang to my, co- to my co-host. So they've got... Uh, crates on shelves and someone's put over his name nonce (laughs) and I thought this guy sounds really funny he's just he's roughly our age got into acting late Mm. we're going to be a lawyer or something like that and he's uh, he's funny and that humour comes across in iZombie so anyway yeah watch iZombie it's uh, it's 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 good next (laughs) Um, I've gone all the way through the Harry Potter franchise with the kids because over here in Espana, um, I think it's even bigger than it is in England, and they go back to school this week. So I sort of said to them, maybe we should binge this Harry Potter rubbish in so that you've got something to talk to your school friends about, which none of us were particularly excited to do. But actually, they're pretty good. Um, so I quite liked them. As they got further in, and they learnt to act and uh, and stuff. Do you know that? Uh, but yeah, they were Harry all right. in Spanish is Harry. Just, just in case you were struggling. Yeah, really? I'll start to translate that for right. you. Okay, that's uh, that's great to know. And Potter is Potter. Um, <laughs> so, so now we know it's Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then from a grown-up point of view, Succession, which is absolutely. The best thing I've ever watched TV-wise in my entire life. You know, like people go back and go Breaking Bad and they go back and they go, oh, Dexter when it was good or they go back and they go, you know, this, that. Succession is now the best thing. There is nothing better. So I've seen... Just before you go too far into Succession, Spanish Mm. for Potter is actually Alfarero. Well, if, if you're talking about the if you're talking about the action of the potting, of potting, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you're talking about someone's name, they're the same but pronounced different. So, well, Dan- Daniel Gil, and Sullivan would be Sugiwan. 
Antonio Banderas. I looked up what does Banderas mean, and that's flag. So, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Flag. Tony Flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nice. Nice. Succession. Uh, but, but yes, yes. So basically, Succession right. watch it. Well, it's on Sky over, over here, and I see it being advertised all the time. And, and I have seen people bang on about it, just like you have. Is the gist is that it's like the Murdoch family or, or a prominent media mogul type thing? Right. It's King Lear. You know, like Sons of Anarchy is Macbeth um, over the veil of a motorcycle club effectively. What this is, is King Lear over the veil of, yes, a media mogul empire. So instead of you having um, the princes and princesses and dukes wanting to overthrow the king, you've got the children and employees of the media mogul wanting to overthrow his media empire um, and him wrestling control of it. And um, it is equally um, twisty, turny, thrillery, hilarious just everything about it's got, it's got everything you would want the humor in it is dark and disgusting and wrong um for us, and the, like i say it, you know it's yeah well but the, it's it, it, it's great to watch something that doesn't assume you're an idiot you know like it assumes you're an intelligent person that doesn't need your hand holding and as a result of that it's a much more nuanced thing to watch than most of the stuff so it's probably God, it's best thing since Sopranos for me. I think you know it's really, really good. Or Mad Men. It's it's that got that kind of edge to it. Right, so, so yes, watch is, it. Uh, it's got one of the Culkins in it, isn't it? Is it Kieran Culkin in it? It's got Kieran Culkin in it. Yeah, um, and it's got you know the gentleman, the guy that plays the Jewish guy in the Gentleman. He's he's his brother, um, and it's got. Oh, I can't remember the names of any of these people. The dude that played Hannibal Lecter in Manhunt, the Michael Mann Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Jeff Sparrowlegs. Oh, thanks, yeah. So Jeff Sparrowlegs is uh, basically Rupert Murdoch. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, Brian Cox. Games. <laughs> yes, Brian Cox, thank you. Um, so, yeah, Brian Cox is it's like the, the lead guy. But he's, he's space really all time. No, no, that's, no, that's a <laughs> different Brian Cox. That's, isn't it? Um, Space, amazing. In, in space, brilliant. Aren't planets, like, absolutely fantastic? Sometimes I look at the planets and I know how they're made and they're still fantastic, but I still, I can't explain that when you empty the washing-up bowl, there's always a spoon there. Like I gave Brian. up on the impression almost towards the end of it and it just became your own little whinge. It's always a fucking spoon. <laughs> Gaming-wise, I've not done any other than this game. I've played literally 20 minutes of Medium, which is a bit like... You know the old Resident Evils where you've got a fixed camera perspective and you're moving a dude around? Um, it's like that with no fighting. Yeah. Right, I know we got Medium reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I was, I, it sounds like you've described the worst part of Resident Evil. Yeah, and then not nothing. <laughs> it's the worst yeah. part of Resident Evil with nothing yeah. attached to it. Yeah, cool. um, yeah it, it has it has a hook in the the screen splits in two, and because she's a medium, and this isn't clothing, this is obviously like psychic medium. She has one toe in the natural realm and one toe in the spirit realm. 
So there's parts in the game where the screen splits in two and you're controlling both versions of her at the same time. And sometimes when you interact with things in the spirit realm, these can affect things in the normal realm and vice versa. So it's essentially like a horror puzzle game. But at the moment, I'm not very engaged in it. I'll play through it because I've paid fucking 60 quid or whatever ridiculous price PlayStation charged me for it. So I'm going to play it. But um, if I hadn't have paid that, I'd have stopped already. <laughs> I watched a um, I watched a, a digital foundry about it, and it's actually quite technologically clever because it's effectively rendering the game world twice. Twice, you yeah. Go into that kind of because um, it's not all split into two, is it? It's just sections. No, you, no, it's just cer- can, certain areas she goes into when a spidey senses tingle. Yeah, and you do actions in one world that frees up room in another to do something else and, yeah like you do something yeah, there yeah. and it opens a door there and you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of shit yeah 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 probably quite technologically um advanced to be able to do that but yeah it's on game ah. pass that's a beauty of game pass isn't it you can try it and then go well i didn't buy this yeah, but the thing is, maybe I get to finish this game and I go, actually, you know, now I finished it, it was really good. And if it had been on Game Pass, I'd have played it for 10 minutes and gone, fuck that shit. So that's the bad thing about Equally Game Pass. Yeah. Um, so because I've, paid, because I've paid the money for it, I'm going to see it through principally. So um, hopefully, um, I'll let you know on the next one. Hopefully that was worth it. Um, so yeah, that's all I've done. Dan, talk to us. Right, I will then. Um, I've played some stuff. Played um, Hades. That's on Game Pass now. So I thought, oh, I'll play it now. I'm not buying it. Play it now. So um, it's good. Really good. I can see why everyone went mad it, about it. It's, uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's so difficult to explain it, just how nice is. the combat is. It is really good, yeah. It is, but the whole thing relies on um, too much for me on RNG, like a random number generator. If you've got the wrong boons, you might as well just stop halfway through and abandon your run. But if you get a good set of boons, then you're onto a winner, aren't you? I don't feel. I feel at times yeah. like I was never going to get through because I picked the wrong things or the wrong options were offered to me. And yeah, it's my my fit. favorite boon is Michael Elphick uh, drama where he's a motorcycle delivery <laughs> with Neil Morrissey. <laughs> oh silver, oh silver, Little yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure that'll help you um, overcome the lot. The, God of the Dead, but yes. Well, he's never met Michael yeah, Elfie. Um... <laughs> I bet it is good though, isn't it? You, um, I mean, for me personally, I, I, I wouldn't be rating it the, the nine plus scores I've seen it get. You know, for me, it's a solid maybe eight, eight in that eight to nine range. I don't think it's any higher, but it is a solid, it, it, a good game, isn't it? In its in its genre, I can't think of many better. I think. I think yeah. I, I think I enjoyed playing Dead Cells more than I'm enjoying playing Hades. That doesn't yeah, me too. necessarily mean that it's a better it's game. It's a better game. Or does yeah. It? But yeah. Well it means it's more fun, doesn't it? I'm the same though. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm enjoying that. Cuphead. I finally bought Cuphead after waiting for it to turn up on Game Pass and it just wasn't doing. And I had some money laying around and I thought, oh, go on there, have it. Which is fantastic. That it's game hard, is good harder than my knob when I'm looking at gingers. It is the hardest thing I've ever, 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 ever come across. And I haven't even come across it, but it's hard. I, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking the challenge. I'm liking the, it, it almost harks back to old school arcade shooters where you've got to learn patterns and get around it. You'll die a lot. And then once you know what to do, you'll figure it out. Uh, I'm enjoying that bit. And are you playing it on your own? 
Yes. So, because like, I... like having a chaperone. No, because it's two-player game, isn't it? It's a two-player game. Oh, so, I, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is another one I couch co-opt with Riley, and I simply could not do it on my own and, until I had a second player there, cre- either creating a distraction or me creating a distraction. I found it too hard. I found this game just insanely, insanely hard. You know, and I'm, I'm a good gamer, but this game, I just feel like, why the fuck can't I do this game? Are you not hitting that wall? Not yet, no. I mean, there's a couple of them that have been really difficult uh, that's, that got me for a while. There's a dragon at one point, um, which eventually turns into a three-headed dragon. That 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 beat my ass for a long while. But then the next level, which was a, a some sort of Egyptian or a genie in a lamp or something, um, went straight through that first time. Oh, uh, wow. Weird, yeah. So, but um, no, I've just I've not finished it just because I keep picking other things up, which is not like me. It's beautiful to look at and listen to, though. It is. It's great, isn't it? The music's fantastic as well. I'll put that. Yeah. It's on Spotify as well. I was driving through town the other day with a lot of jazz going on. <laughs> I, I, really like, I like it. its style. It's like <laughs> the old Tex Avery cartoons, isn't it? It's uh, more Max Fleischer, if you yeah. like the Betty Boo type. Betty Boo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a game that's never, ever, 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 ever going to age, isn't it? A bit like. Wind Waker or whatever, it's never going to age. It's always, you yeah, know, at any point bad. in time, you'll just pick it up and it'll look cool. I've also played Slay the Spire, the deck, uh, deck building card game that's not cards, but on a game electronically, which is good because half the half the fanning around with card games is having to shuffle them and move them around and then figure out what, oh, that's three points of damage. Which, knock two of them off does it all that for you just like oh i've got this much attack use that attack that attack that attack done next um but, but because you can play it so quickly and it's almost like a roguelike type game you go run after run after run and unlock things as you go and unlock better cards it's just one of those where, oh have another go have another go have another go have another go ah uh, um, okay cool so so suggested i try it this was about i don't know 6 p.m and uh then at 2 a.m. I went, I'm going to have to go to bed now and stop playing this. <laughs> it, it, I'm surprised you liked it because it, it it's a turn-based game made of numbers and thing. Yeah, it's not RPG in that sense, but it is very much turn-based. I've got a deck of cards. Uh, I've got so much value in my hand and I can only spend this much to attack the enemy. And then you just clear a room at a time. And I didn't think it'd be up your street because you're... Yeah you're not into you well it's it's not tedious so um that's that's why so it's got I, them most... strategy elements but it's always fun yeah. kind of thing yeah it's just and it's quick as well each, each run yeah there's a lot of strategy games there's a lot of it is... right okay you know, good because yeah. Rec- yeah a lot of stuff like that you sat for ages just waiting for things aren't you or, or whatever yeah it sounds all right. fast mode as well in the options so that once you know that's what you're doing what the mechanics are it, it speeds up all the animations and it works very quick. You click fast mode. So Do you know I recommended to you, cool. I think you bought it, I don't know if you've taken it back over to Lanzarote, Marvel Champions card game. Uh, we haven't. It's packed and ready to come, though. We Yeah, we attempted it once and it, it seemed so complicated and overwhelming. We were like, we need someone who knows how to play this, yeah. really, before so, we embark on it. Otherwise, we're just going to want to never play, play it again. Slay the Spire. Because it's kind of a nice entry, right. like Dan says, where it's just automated for you. It just 
you don't even shuffle the pack. It deals the cards to you. You get some cards in your hand. Da, da, da. And Marvel Champions, the same, is that you've got a, when you're Spider-Man, you've got a set whatever amount of cards in your hand and you've got to spend them to hit the enemies and you go through a story. Slay the Spire, you're not going through a Marvel-type story, but you are trying to get dungeon crawl all the way to an ultimate enemy. It's the same basic yeah, principle. It's like an introduction yeah. to a card building game. Yeah. So there's loads of cards. I've got a couple here. I've got a Harkham Horror and Marvel Champion. They're all similar. You need the stories unravel through the medium of playing cards. And Slay the Spy is a great introduction yeah. to them. Did I read somewhere that they're making a physical version of Slay the Spy? I don't mean a physical disc version of the game. I mean the card game that's a virtual card game they're making the cards into yeah, actual it's been card that popular that it seeks yeah they're making a physical version it's good isn't it yeah. which is cool yeah. oh, that sounds and cool. then lastly Sullivan and I on Saturday just gone spent a good couple of hours or more playing Dead by Daylight which is hard isn't it if, you, if you're not the killer or if you're a survivor rather and the killer knows what they're doing it's fucking difficult I, and I, I always I get this and spike I get this and Friday the 13th mixed up because I've played both of them. It's Friday the 13th, the same game, isn't it? I, I, in this one, do you have loads of mad magical powers when you're the killer? Like no. being able to warp oh, and things like that. I, I haven't been the killer yet, so I don't know. This ah, is the one... Okay. Um, I, th- I, think, I think I preferred Friday the 13th more. I think it were a bit more accessible than Dead by Daylight because I think like you say the thing with Dead by Daylight is people have played it to death and they shit hot at it and if you're not then you've got quite a high barrier of entry whereas I think more spots play um, <laughs> Friday the 13th so you can get a good we, game we easier won a cu- we won a couple <laughs> I think the downside to it is that the, the four man teams always or four person teams I was a lady because she had legs like me and you, me and our Daniel were talking. Shaved. Shit, well, supple, a bit like an ice skater. And me and, <laughs> okay. me, me and our Daniel were just talking amongst ourselves in our own private Discord chat. So you can't, you really need to be speaking amongst the four of you, I think, to, to achieve supreme winningization. But we, we, we did it two or three times, I think. But yeah, it, it's, it's difficult. You find you just get off the hook and then the boss is on you again. You're like, no! Uh, oh, so, films and stuff. Been film, watching some films. films. I've watched. Go on then. Um, Been um, watching Hit some films. <laughs> I, I don't know. I watched Hit, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard, which I think is much, much better because I was expecting a lot from Hitman's Bodyguard, having Ryan Reynolds, who I like a lot, and Sam Jackson. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's not as good as I want it to be. But yeah, Hitman's Bodyguard just doesn't quite. No, it the just falls short somehow. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like someone's made you a cake and they brought it out and there's just not enough sugar in it. And you're like, yeah. there's something missing. I don't know what it is. So but they, so they rectify that then, do they? Yeah, this this was better because you, you did see, um, what's it, Selma, Selma Hayek in the first one briefly in prison. But she's out mm. in this one. And um, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. Because um, so Ryan Reynolds' character has decided he's not going to, touch guns he's out of the, the, the game now but um sam jackson's character goes missing and then his wife comes after Ray reynolds to go and find him and look after him and she's a like proper angry hispanic woman and then um, <laughs> after him all the time she's a foul-mouthed horrible woman 
but it's hilarious. And he's like, no, no, I'm not shooting guns. No, I'm out of it. And then they're all like, we'll see. Get, get yourself together. Yeah, get on with it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's much better than the first in my opinion. Um, I've also watched um, the start watching the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which once I got past the four by three, because it's made for IMAX, I'm like, why is what is this a bad stream I've got or something? But um, mm. yeah, it's just good. It's long, isn't it? I'm two hours in. It's good though. So yeah, left. it's really good though, isn't it? Like really, yeah, really, really it. good. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, I, you know, I'm massive, massive, massive Zack Snyder fan anyway. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly his magnum opus at the moment. And it? it's, uh, I mean, Watchmen is also a big, massive, huge undertaking if you decide to watch the director's cut of that. But um, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, so you still haven't got all the way through it? Not yet. No, we're going to go back to it. But Kelly, Kelly, halfway through, she was like, do you know, I don't like Batman. I'm like, why not? I just don't. He's got no superpowers, has he? I'm like, yeah, he's rich. Well, and then about 15 minutes later, when they met the Flash, and he goes, "What's your <laughs> superpower again?" And he goes, "I'm rich." Like, he's also he's <laughs> rich. He's the smartest man in the room. That's the thing, isn't it? He's basically which is detective comics, isn't it? He's, he's, he will outthink all of you and use his money and tech to destroy you, basically. Which, to his credit, in Zack Snyder's one, you know, that never happens in Christopher Nolan's one, but in Zack Snyder's one, Batman is always using tech and brains and researching stuff and messing around with stuff, which you don't, well, yeah, you didn't really see. He's got see to fight it. Superman, yeah. hasn't he? So he's, he's got a fuck off powered suit. You don't see him doing that normal yeah. stuff, yeah. No. Um, so, so, yeah, so shall we move on to the game then? What is the game that we've been playing? This is the game. The game that we've been playing. The game that we've been playing is da 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 Ghostbusters. He slimed me. That was me doing my impression of the Commodore 64 sample from a different Ghostbusters game. Just to bring you in. So um, so this is not a Mega Drive version of that game. That's the first thing. This is an entirely separate game. Stands completely on its own. It was originally going to be called Ghostbusters 2 because the story follows straight after Ghostbusters 1. Except then Ghostbusters 2 came out before the game came out. So they just called it Ghostbusters. It was released in um, December. Um, you've not put the year here, so where is it? 1990 so it's released in december but because we've had so many um episodes where when we've done the cultural interlude it's been at christmas we're going to assume december the first so that we don't have to retread any old ground um so it's developed by a company called compile who were known for bringing us puyo puyo the bubble popping thing um and they brought us a pinball game devil's crush and shooter gunhead on the pc engine and also the aleste shoot 'em up franchise which i'm reading out here but i don't know anything about and it says here also musha aleste <laughs> musha yeah, aleste and, but yeah, yeah so tell me about these that's, that's, that's a good bunch of games isn't it it is so yeah i think yeah you could go to you could go to your grave happy if all you played was uh, Devil Crush, Alien Crash, get them all, <laughs> get them all, get them wrong with <laughs> Gunhead, and the Aleste games. Yeah. So they're and all Puyo good. Puyo for that matter, even though I... I, I like Puyo, I, I like Puyo. I hate to war Puyo, with Puyo yeah. Puyo. I'm terrible at it. 
Oh, yeah, I really like it. Um, so it's basically um, an exploring, adventuring, platformer, money management, upgrade management game um, where you can take control over Ray, Egon, or Peter, but for some reason not Winston. I mean, the for some reason is because the way that they balance this out is you're either fast or strong, so and you get a boon on one or the other. So if so, if you're Ray, your normal speed, normal strength. Uh, no, sorry. If you're Peter, your normal speed, normal strength. If you're Ray, you're slow but you're hard, and if you're Egon, you're fast but you're weak. Um. So, but but yeah. So there's no Winston. There. Um. And then once well, you Winston, I think a bit tight. That Winston could have been high high. Like it could have been. OP. Well, it could. It could have been. It could have been. Oh, but I thought as well because there's a bit in the game where you've got energy, which is like ammo for your special weapons. They could have thrown that in the mix as well and gone. Okay, they have more energy or they have less energy, and then uh, brought in the other character. But it's also a bit shit that you can't pick a different one once you've picked. So you can't use a different character for different levels. And um, oh, I've tried that level with that guy. I'm now going to switch it out for this guy. Once you've chosen your guy, you've chosen your guy. So it might work nicer if they could have moved yeah, it. The, back, the back of the firehouse yeah. going, nah, I'm not doing it. You've, you've, this is your one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you take this one. So the story begins with um, arcade machines. Um, an earthquake occurring that released loads of ghosts over the city. Um, so now the they can deal with these apparitions because it kind of starts off with them upset that they're not making any money, doesn't it? Because there's no ghosts anymore. And then this happens and they're like, yay. Um, so all of the um, earlier levels are open to you immediately on a map. Um, you know, you can bounce from level to level, but there's little point in going for the harder levels at the beginning because you really need to finish the earlier levels and buy some level ups before you attack them. So some of the things that you can buy is gyozas, which, for those who don't know, are small Japanese, very tasty dumplings. Um, God, you can buy. You've put chick. You put chickens here, so but it's not their um, well, peking it? duck. Is it? A... It's, pe- it's peking oh, it duck. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they restore your stamina and health. And then you've got bombs, infrared goggles, and then in the weapons, you've got loads of different, um, uh, you know, different types of weapons: an energy tank, a shield, a triple shot, a bubble gun, a phaser shot. Um, but all of these power ups are like way expensive so like for me to buy a peking duck i would have needed to ace level one to be able to get a peking duck so quite how expensive it is to go for a fucking chinese in new york i don't know but uh clearly it's so expensive you need to have rid a house of a ghost in order to afford one what's so, it peeking at? um you are <laughs> What's it peeking at? at? (laughs) It's tweaking, it's peeking. Um, So there's six levels or cases, if you want, that they have to go through. And each time you're rewarded with more money, each level contains uh, mid-level bosses that you have to defeat before you defeat the main boss. So you can find where the main boss is, but you don't get access to that main boss until you've gone around the map and found the two sub-bosses and killed them. You can at any point leave the level and just cash your chips in. Um, if you want, so you can kind of farm a level. Um, but yeah, so that's the ultimate aim is you tick off the sub-bosses, then you do the big boss um, around the safes that are around that you can smash up and get money out of. Um, so the cases go like this. So the first one, home sweet home, is just someone's house. And then you've got an apartment which is cold and frozen, which has similarly cold and frozen bodies in it. Then the third one is on fire. 
great deal of creativity went into thinking of them too, where we've got some fire enemies. Fourth case is a high-rise building where you have this cool um, thing where in the background through the windows you can see the big Stay Puff Marshmallow Man as you're doing that level. That's as far as I got. Um, at the end of each level, you pick up a piece of a stone tablet, which apparently holds the key to the recent earthquake. And then after level four, um, uh, some guy called Arthur kidnaps the book Ghostbusters. And then you've got level five, which is a castle, which is a big, like a big haunted house, a bit like Castlevania. And then level six, which is a deep hole uh, where you fight all the bosses again. And then a big bad boss at the end. Have I got that covered? I think so. Yeah. Uh, it's worth pointing out that keeping in the Ghostbusters theme, um, Marshmallow Man turns up, doesn't he, on, on level Think four man. and starts punching... Pink punch man. <laughs> man. Right, sorry, go on. He <laughs> starts, starts punching through the walls and you fight him at the end. Uh, and in the castle, which is the furthest I got, now, when the Arthur turns up and he's kidnapped the Ghostbusters, to get them back, you have to fight possessed versions of the Ghostbusters as well. Um, oh. and one other thing yeah when you when you do those mini mini ghosts and I don't know is it there for the end of level bosses as well they turn into an actual little ghost as it almost as if it was inhabiting yes. it and then you get your trap out and you get your foot yeah 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 so yeah you'll, you'll see if, if we take that very first one as an example it's almost like a headless magician with a hat and out of the hat comes a demented rabbit that, and you're trying to kill that and then when you kill him he disappears, and yeah, like Sol said, you, you have then a tiny ghost, and he switches from having whatever gun you had to having a photon pack, and when you hit the ghost with it, it starts sucking it towards you like um, Luigi's vacuum in bloody Luigi's mansion, and then you've got to kind of line him up underneath the trap and get him underneath the trap. So yes, that's how you defeat those bosses. Ooh, I wonder if Luigi's mansion <laughs> took any inspiration off this, from this office. Well, it did a bit, didn't it? It took a bit off Ghostbusters generally, didn't it? So. Yeah, in many ways, it, Luigi's Mansion's like a 3D version of the first level of this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very, very similar, yeah. Yeah, you got you collect coins and you collect the ghosts and, all right, they're going to... A, there's a bit more puzzle aspect, whereas this is kind of more geared towards just exploring and gun. really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, um, the last boss, that Janna, looks very much like Gozar the Gozarian from uh, the actual film, which they're supposed to have already killed. She looks like Gozar the Gozarian with red contacts oh, and worse eyeliner. Is it, is it Gozar? Is that, I, can't, I get confused. Yeah. Who's, who's Zool? If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. So, but yes, it is Gozar the Gozarian. Zool, Zool is the place, isn't it? All right. Well, Zool yeah. was that bad one that they try and um, take down at the end. I might, I might be wrong here. The internet can take me down, but I, I think she's goes out the Gozarian. I only watched it a couple of weeks ago as well. So, so yeah, I mean that is about it, isn't it? I think we've we summed it up there. We can we can maybe um, muse more on it in the. Uh, when we give it a score. So shall I hand over to you, Sol, and you can uh, do a cultural interlude for 1990, December the 1st. Why the hell not? Hit it! Cultural interlude! Cultural interlude, 1990. So yes, before we jump into our thoughts on 
we will check out what was going on as always in the singles charts the albums charts the film charts and gaming in general right all right is that all right with you call it fate call it love call it karma another ghostbusters reference go on right we'll do that then Two in the bag, ready to go. We be fast, they be slow. So, <laughs> singles. But the singles dropping one space to number eight was your man from Batley, Robert Palmer, joining up with his brummy reggae cohorts, Ub Fotty, with Bob Dylan cover. Over here. Yeah, and all that. So it was kind of a reggae version of of Dylan's original. I liked it. I think it ultimately got to number one, didn't it? I don't know, but I liked it as well. And if it didn't get to number one, it deserved to, considering whatever is at number one here that I'm looking at was. Yeah, I mean, let's not be honest. Let's not be honest. I'll be honest, whatever. You can just be as truthful (laughs) on that, really. Yeah. Yeah. Through a certain optic. Same. Yeah. Through a certain optic, it's a bit naff. But maybe it's naffness is what is its charm. Uh, holding <laughs> its position at number six, another cover of the Earth, Wind & Fire classic, Fantasy, by Italo House rebels who just steal money off people, Black Box with <laughs> Fantasy. Oh, no, just hit my is mic. Is that, let me Sorry, be listeners. your fantasy? No. Is it that? That that was, let me be your fantasy was, uh, let me be your fantasy. That was Baby D, was it? Anyway, I this is... Ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm quite partial to a bit of black box. Can live forever until uh, the 12th. I've never, I've never. And is she yeah. actually singing it, or is it that weather girl that got nope. ripped off all the so time? So again, yeah, it's Marsha Walsh from the weather girls who's got stiffed <laughs> again because and they just put. She'd already been stiffed. We ride on time. <laughs> yep. Well, ride on t- ride on time actually was a sample of Lolita Holloway, but oh, was it? She, yeah, but Marsha Walsh says she got stiffed on this, and she got stiffed for. <clears throat> Everybody dance now. Funny pissed off. Yeah, she yeah. She had to fight tooth and nail to get credit and money and paid I for know. these. So she, uh, I think she got there in the end. But yeah, they just stuck What's her the name at again? Marsha Walsh, I believe. Big up Marsha. We'd like to Big uh, up Marsha. recognize your efforts uh, officially here on uh, with our seven followers. Um, we all appreciate you. Why don't you come on here for guest <laughs> presenter? Because <laughs> you'll sue us then good. for fucking downloads. <laughs> ah, we're on that episode, you bastards. <laughs> from, That's from my money. We don't get any money. Wow, yeah. anyway. <laughs> it's like that, fucking hell. I know why everyone thinks she's a bitch now. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea because Mark called a fat on a previous episode. So, <laughs> so we've, she, she is. I mean, it's not, not a lie, is it? Well, no, technically not. Uh, and at number one was Robert Van Winkle <laughs> with his uh, queen stealing bassline anthem. Um, I, I'm not having this. He didn't steal the bassline. 
to paraphrase him, Queen's bass line is dun 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 and his is dun 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 So entirely different, I think you'll find. If you're not like guest listeners, it's Ice Ice Baby with uh, by Vanilla Ice. Uh, do you know why he was called Vanilla Ice? Because he okay. he was the only white guy in a in a in a black breakdance rap crew. So they called him Vanilla. Which I, call him, I call him White Wanker of. and have done with it. I, I approve of because he didn't like it. So just keep calling him it, please. Uh, but yeah, originally this was going to be a B side, I think. And by all accounts, it was he, it was the B side to play that funky music, white boy. But everybody which liked was another this more. sample. And I know that hip hop huh? was shrouded in samples, but I like it when it's like Public Enemy or something when they're not that obvious. These are just blatant hooks that they just steal and rap over. Yeah, they just but, fucked up. But the thing is, he was good, wasn't he? You can't take it away from him for his time. Like of that moment, he was pretty good. I think he was so <laughs> Daniel's face. Badly. You can't see this on a no, podcast, but right Daniel's right. face suggests that he's he's going. No, Mark, he wasn't. Disagree. Good. Go away. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Find yourself another disagree. podcast. Those, you know, when yeah. you sat flicking through the telly late at night, you don't mind because you don't watch TV. But it was one of those. No. Oh, I love the eighties kind of uh, programs was on, and it had real rice on it. <laughs> and what was it called now? Rolling in my five point and it was yeah. fucking terrible. With my rag top down, so my hair can blow. <laughs> right, see if you qualified my argument right there. Mate. Move on. Okay. <laughs> should, we, should we go to the album charts then? Before. But I mean, to be fair, he made he made millions or maybe a gajillions. He lost millions and he slept with Madonna. And then, oh, didn't, God, I don't, that, didn't I, actually, what, didn't why Sug did he Knight, do that? You know, you know Sug, Sug Knight of Death Row Records. I think he, he hung Vanilla Ice over a balcony by his ankles, <laughs> trying to threaten him to sign a contract, if I remember rightly. So he's lived a wow. life, hasn't he? And now he's skint. Anyway, sign um, for some albums. <laughs> Don't you dare sign for my record. <laughs> <laughs> please leave. <laughs> <laughs> album charts oh, climbing yes. four to number nine again you can see we're getting close to Christmas because it's full of uh, greatest hits the very best of the BGs. what's your favourite BG song you pair of idiots um, you win again for a little time baby that one <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a, a mid '80s comeback, wasn't it? Because they've been thrown yes. on the, they've been they've been made unfairly to be jokes after like. I um, I think the BGS are a little bit like the Zelda games in that the one that you encountered first in your own existence is the one that you like the best. So that's why, like for me, the, so you in again is my wind waker. <laughs> So there may be be better songs before, maybe better songs before, there may be better songs after, but that's my one. Right, Dan. (laughs) Uh, I think he only remembers him being uh, dead. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We should be dancing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, see, that's fun, isn't it? Well, I like that yeah. kind of stuff, that, that disco. Disco's ace, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is ace. And even, I mean, it got a bad rap, didn't it, disco? Because it, yeah. they, they, they're unduly. They, they, like, in, in the same way that people try to say that ABBA are like this kitsch joke of a band through certain, well, they are. certain viewpoints, which they're not. No, they are. Oh, no. As a musician, no, no. <laughs> they are. No, as a musician, the no, the the oh, you you need no. I, well, we'll agree to disagree here because they're deft, okay. deft song makers. Uh, I think mine is um, to love somebody. I think to love somebody the way I know you. What about how deep is your love? Your love, that's good as well, isn't it? Oh, they just go down there. Bald-headed they? woman, bald-headed woman. We've got anyway. two sides of a. Different coin here, moving on to this next one. Go on. Yeah, so climbing two to number six is rocking all over the years from Status Quo. So what's your favourite Status Quo song, you pair of idiots? Just pick any random Status Quo song and they're all the same. So that one. With with the exception of that one that starts... first. The, the video, if you if you have a look at the video on that on on YouTube, no. the drummer looks like a psychopath. <laughs> it looks like a serial killer who's just staring into the distance as if he's going to slaughter all the band after that that gig. Right, sorry, Status I cut you off then, Dan. Another one out there. Status Quo are another one out there because you know it's cool to hate on them, but I, I went That's to a car fest a couple of years ago and they were on and they came on the phone. Oh, fuck you know status quo so we sat there and, and listened to all their song and uh, <laughs> so, do you know what I was halfway through I was like do you know what as cheesy as this is I'm really enjoying it but uh, the thing I mean, is the, right they, they're good at what they did and particularly as a live act they are a, a very very good live act you know but yeah. I mean it is just Two pot-bellied old guys you know with about? far too long hair swinging guitars from side to side going We're in the army now Rocking all over the world We're in the rocking all over the world Francis Rossi looked like he really couldn't be fucking arsed either Like he had such a face on him like I'm fed up for doing this song as a guitarist he's probably just sat there thinking fucking hell my little finger hurts man from this riff yeah. this is... oh god they were good though Johnny it was, it was good but my favourite I think is in the army now are, are oh, dire straits do you think now going to be this uh, sorry are status quo going to be the dire straits of the mega drive era where constantly throughout these games we're just going to keep getting status quo like we got dire straits when we were doing nintendo I don't think so. I, I thought we were going to get Elton John, weren't we? Oh, Commercially, they were, they were a bit washed up, I think, in 90. I like um, I like Margarita Time. So I guess, so you've got Margarita Time in the army now, Matchstick Men that you've just said. They're all quite different. So if you were a band and you'd had those three songs, you'd be all right. Uh, if you don't want to get down, down with status quo, what you could have done was... If you uh, don't want to get down, number, down, deeper and down in the army now while you're rocking all over the world, what you could do is... Go to number one and look at the Immaculate <laughs> Collection from Madonna. <laughs> I didn't play Monopoly. 
Go straight to number one. Do not pass. Uh, do not let go. Do not collect. Favourite, We're in the army now. Favourite Madonna song? Like a Prayer, obviously. Anyone whose okay. favourite Madonna song isn't Like a Prayer needs to go back, listen to Like a Prayer, and then report back to me with their findings. <laughs> I I liked What's the One where, uh, Cherish because she's on a beach Cherish. getting all wet, and I think yeah, I was like probably that. 10 at the time, and I think I was getting fuzzy tingle times, but I am a big fan of and it's not on this... Um, Rain or that bloody song that um, Rave Light. Faster than a... I've got a funny. I've got a funny tale about Rain. I used to. I used to live in Lincoln at this pub called the Pie Wipe, and um, it's when I was first ever in a band and I first started writing music. And I used to fall asleep listening to the radio each night. And I woke up one morning and I wrote this song that I thought was like the most amazing song I'd ever written, and. And then I realised it was Madonna's Rain and I must have just listened to it in the night as I was asleep and then I'd go up and written it and I, when I heard it, I was like, you fucking bitch. I thought she nicked my song. Clearly, clearly it was the other way around. That one. Yeah. I think my, yeah. my favourite one is the one that she wrote about the Chinese takeaway. Um, oh. Lucky Star. <laughs> there is a Chinese is takeaway that... just down the road from me called Lucky Star and every time I drive past it... <laughs> Could be that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when Madonna did, did marketing for you guys. You know, you've been there that long. <laughs> films? Yes. Number, uh, let's, number let's, five. Let's name some films Dan hasn't watched again. Yes. Yeah. And number five was written and directed by William Peter Blatty. Exorcist 3, because he only wrote the original Exorcist, didn't he? He didn't direct it. That was um, that man who did Don't that film. Don't get me started on this film. I could do an entire season of a pod on how good this film is. Watch it. Right. Just watch, I, watch, watch, I've watch, never, watch I've never, I've only seen the original, which is tired by today's standards, but I've never seen, never seen the film. But that brings <laughs> us nicely on to number two, which is them crazy guys behind airplane and naked gun with repossessed starring Leslie Nielsen and uh, and Linda Blair, Linda Blair from the original Exorcist. Yes, pointing their fingers yeah. and laughing at uh, horror films. Yes, Lampooning but actually, this the is this is also very very good. Both of them are really really good. So. Um, Repossessed is definitely better than the Naked Gun films and Hot Shots and all yeah. that shit. And uh, Exorcist Three is definitely better than Exorcist One. So, wow. in my opinion, controversial for what it's worth. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Um, yeah. Some of them stink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of them just get all their opinions matted up in like hairs and that, and, and you have to really yeah. pull at it and, uh, to get those opinions out of people. Uh, number one, right, and it's difficult to. If you weren't there, man, you don't know. But it's difficult <laughs> to express just how much these these guys who were lean, green, and on the screen, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, just how much that they they were culturally impact. They were absolutely yeah. Everywhere. The hype around this was insane. The, the only hype I've known around a film like this one. In my lifetime, this was probably the first one. The next one was probably when George Lucas came back and made that abomination, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace, you know, yeah. This, 
this was equal to that at the time, wasn't it? You know, the yeah, anticipation we, for this film we, coming out as, as kids. Yeah, we, we got a pirate copy. That's how much that's how much you wanted to see this as kids. We got it before <laughs> this, it was so this is a pirate and... copy as well on VHS where you had to fuck with the tracking because there were snow lines across it. And it was actually on a slight angle because it had been filmed by some old camcorder in an American cinema and then it had been copied and recopied and recopied. So bear in mind this thing had come from an American cinema to fucking lups it in Wakefield. That's how many times it had been copied. By the time we watched it, essentially, the only thing that was there was a few pixels and some sound that sounded like... (laughs) And we still watched it. (laughs) Because you you had to, it was just the the, the anticipation, it was bonkers. And, and, And I feel bad for it in a way because... They, in the same way that the that uh, Master of the Universe was afflicted in the same way with Dolph Lundgren, uh, Mario Brothers was afflicted. They, all these franchises, they tried to run before they could walk. And if they'd have just been about yeah. ten years later when technology had caught up, you wouldn't have seen like some daft animatronic heads that look like they've got some rictus grin. They're like uh, the joke to, of these turtles. To its credit, though, like that aside, because that is shit. It's actually not that shit. You know, it, it's a reasonable adaptation. It's quite dark. The, the, the storyline's pretty good. It's pretty honest to the co- comics more than the cartoon, I think. But actually, yeah. it's, it is decent. It's just, like you say, hampered by the fact that the technology was nowhere near good enough to have even attempted it, really. But that's not, that's not going to stop capitalism. Think, it'd have to be a good few years later because... You, when you started getting stuff like Toy Story and Bugs Life, they were all right, bright things. There was nothing dark, no yeah, dark innovations no. that come along. So you'd have to be... A, well, no, the, the right time was the time when they actually did it with bloody yeah. uh, Transformers as April O'Neil. That, 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 that was the right time to do it. Yeah. Uh, hey. Is that any good, that one? I've not watched that one. Yes, it actually is. Yeah, it is. It's all right. Yeah, it's... It, it's not as dark as the old one and not as light as the cartoon, but it is good. Both of them are good. There's two in there. Both really good. Do you want to, do you want to know what games we were playing back in 1990, December the 1st? Yeah? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Everybody? Yes, please. Me, me, me. Yeah. So, on the 1st of December 1990, it was CMVG issue 109 on the shelves in... War <laughs> <laughs> First up, uh, I've gone through these, gone through these, right? These reviews, pull these reviews out, and it seems that uh, Dicky Ledbetter, Richard Ledbetter, better known as the, the the head honcho behind Digital Foundry nowadays, got the shitty end of the stick. <laughs> I think he was on review duty because they're all they're all him bar one. So first up is Strider on the Mega Drive, scoring ninety five percent and. Dickie Ledbetter points out that 41 quid is somewhat on the expensive side, but you're pretty much getting 3,000 quid's worth of arcade machine for 41 notes. Now, would it have been three grand back then? I mean, he might have known, I don't know. Anyway, Dan, you've got the PCB. Have you ever compared the two? Yes, because I've got the Mega Drive version as well. So... It might be the Mega Drive version feels slower, but might that might just be because it's a PAL one. Um, Probably. Here, all the import geeks sneering. Um, 
yeah but it, it's it's pretty good i mean it it's bright it's colorful sounds great um it, it it's a close it's a close um you know port but you can tell this, if you put them side by side obviously it's not it's, it's not is it but it's good enough this was enough to forget it walking out of the arcades and getting up this was the first game for me as someone who didn't own a Mega Drive. I think that I'd seen that blew me away, and it was your mate Simon Rayner. Well, Simon, no, si- uh, Games Master Simon Nicolau. There's that who he is now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was up at his gaff, and he even went to describing that it wasn't PAL on his because he'd used a SCART cable, which at this point was like some mad fucking voodoo no one had ever seen. I know, he, he had um, Japanese import Mega Drive. He specifically yes. purchased a Sony Trinitron and he had it on SCART because he didn't want borders. And, and he, I can remember he'd come down to see my Sonic the Hedgehog on my poor PAL with borders. Yeah. And, and he actually snorted <laughs> through his nose laughing at just, have you heard it? Listen to it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just, I just got got bought this. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I will say the reason this sticks out as a gaming moment in my mind, and I remember this so well, is because I was blown the fuck away by it. I remember at the time. And so blown away by it, I didn't even play it. I just wanted to watch it. just wanted to look at it. And I just watched them two um, smash through it. And um, it was a good gaming moment. So I do d- distinctly remember that, like, actually being blown away by that. Not blown away enough to buy Mega Drive, but I was blown away. Yeah, the noise of the of the sword is stuck in my head from childhood. That shing, yeah, shing, that, every time it's yeah. shing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, there's something Next. about that game, isn't there? Hmm. I, 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 find it, I find it almost, <laughs> I don't know, it... it and this is in the design. I always, I find it just that little bit slow, the jumping, you know, it kind of somersaults. It's yeah, not, it kind of it spins like that and it grabs, doesn't it? You know, yeah, know. it's not but, a fast platformer. But, but, but I, like I said, I haven't, I, I still don't think to this day I've even played it. All I've done is see it played and, you know, watching it was a joy. <laughs> Next up, Richard Ledbetter covered... Well, he gave 90% to James Pond on the Amiga for 24.99. Crikey's, crikey, he says. My eyes had to be stuck back into their sockets when I first caught sight of the brilliant graphics. And in fairness, it it is a great franchise. I certainly was a great franchise with this and, and Robocod. Uh, it, it's a brilliant arcade adventure with loads of laughs guaranteed. Go on. Dive in. You see what he did there? Because he's a fish and he's saying dive in, you know, like into water and that, because that's what fish oh, do. That's what nice. fish, fish live in a water. Yes, what happened crazy. to James Pond as a character, as, a, as an IP? Drowned. Well, it, did, did, it, yeah. did, it, <laughs> did it ever try and make its way to through the 3D realm of the PlayStation era? I don't, I don't think so. Basically, it, it, it was owned by EA think, and they just screw everything Yeah, I don't up, think don't it made it that far. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking now at Robocods on Switch. Um, Robocod. Uh, yeah, so Super Nintendo has got a Super James Pond, but I don't think any of these are 3D. I think they're looking at the screenshots here, they're all still side scrolly things. There was yeah, a maybe third you were just on Operation Starfish. <laughs> but I think I think you were Diving. just off his time, weren't you? Oh, there was a James Pond in the Deathly Shallows. 
iOS game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. It, yeah, it would be deathly for a fish to be in shallow water. So nice. I like what, I like whoever's edited the Wikipedia pages, but the title is a pun based on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> we'd, we'd have never guessed. Unless I'd been in a critical car accident where I'd lost all cognitive function. I got that. Uh, so, Dickie Ledbetter had, had, a, had a few minutes off, probably gone for a coffee, and he got Paul Glancy to review this next game. On the PC, scoring 94% is The Secret of Monkey Island, which is Ooh. an absolute stone-cold classic. It's when they made that jump from Maniac Mansion, uh, Zach uh, McCracken and the Clacken. Alien Mindbenders, yeah. that scum engine just... I wouldn't say coming to its own because it were already good, but it just it, this is just a fantastic point and click game. Before point and click games went bonkers and just went, uh, can you just find the most obtuse way of of getting out of this particular puzzle? But I can remember playing this on your Amiga, Mark, at the pub that you just mentioned at the Pie Wipe. Yeah, it's yeah, just, the Pie Wipe. It's yeah. just a fantastic oh. game, funny, inventive, engaging. Difficult enough, it's ace. You couldn't die. Yeah. That's the best you know, thing about them, isn't it? Think back yeah. to Shadow Gate, was it, for the for the NES that we played. Shadow Shite. And that, yeah. that was terrible because you were every two minutes, take a wrong turn, dead. Oh, fuck, all right. But this is just, again. you just get stuck. You don't die, you just get stuck. Um, yeah. It's just and a great idea. also had the ability to save and pick up exactly where you left off, which was yeah. also a thing you know yeah i mean enough's been said over the years about if you've never heard a secret of monkey island then i suggest you get on it but i, I, I suggest if you're I've listening got, to a I've gaming got an podcast anic- <laughs> i've got an anecdote about monkey island where when right. you got stuck on it, it had a premium rate phone number because there were no internet in them days where you had to ring up and it took you through a series of menus to get to the bit that you were stuck on and tell you what the walkthrough was. But I dialed the number of what wrong once and I got this line that taught you how to um, play with yourself. So I just continued to ring that line. And then because my mum and dad li- lived in that pub, the uh, area manager came around and told them off because there were these premium phone numbers <laughs> being run. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really dodgy line. So, yeah, uh, yes. Sorry, yeah, I've got I've got a son who's just uh, on who's just into his teenage years. Uh, I can only apologise, and once I can peel the phone off the carpet, I'll tell tell him to stop ringing. Once we've dusted his jizz off the phone, we'll have a proper word with him about it. So yeah, so I never did get past the phone. This phone because you find it really hard. I don't really. (laughs) But yeah, so so for that reason, I never got past the cannonball part of Monkey Island. I just got stuck on that bit because every time I rung that phone number, I I thought, well, if I ring that one digit wrong, and I just got distracted every time. So, so yeah, not so much completing Monkey Island, but a lot of self-exploration. Anyway, you, onwards you found, and upwards. Yeah, you, you uncovered your own secrets, I guess, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found myself. Secrets um, Monkey Island. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, uh, Richard Ledbetter's back again, back, back, back again, with what is an absolute fantastic shooter on the Mega Drive and in the arcade, for that matter, Hellfire which is a little bit different to the normal shooters, even though you, you side-scrolling shooter. And, uh, but you have, it's almost like a 
I, li I like to think that it's got puzzle aspects because you can shoot either forwards and backwards or you can shoot up and down or you can shoot diagonal from four corners of your ship and depending on what obstacles are coming in and what enemies are coming in and where guns are placed you need to switch up those shooting patterns every time it's really it really good it reminds me of um, our type a little bit for that because you have to do that a lot in our type don't you with that ball put it at the front and move Rotating. it back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've never played this it's brilliant. Um, it is brilliant. It does look really tasty. It looks really, 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 really good. But yeah, I've never and played it. Never played it. Pre-owned on even on eBay something like that. A pre-owned copy. This is still like twenty quid with Japanese We've import got with instructions H next. and everything. You listening, randomizer? Oh yeah. Uh, He's not listening. No, we'll have a quick run over the charts. But I'll be honest, the the charts here are just full of budget. Shite. Rubbish, really. Yeah, number number one, you've got Guardian Angel from Codemasters. Right, here we go. And then number two, you've got Run right, the Hang Gauntlet on, from... what even is that? Guardian Angel, I think it's like a side-scrolling fight. Do you remember the Guardian Angels of the New York subways with the red oh, berries? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, it's like yeah. a side-scrolling oh, beat that. Up. Uh, then you've got Run the Gauntlet, which was a, a game version of the short-lived TV show. Do you remember that? Like Krypton Factor for meets X Games. And then you've got loads of Codemaster stuff. Quattro Combat, Quattro Adventure, Pro Boxing, Quattro Super Hits, Hong Kong Fui by High Tech, Yogi's Great Escape by High Tech. Just, just budget guff. Rubbish. Rubbish, really. There's nothing particular. The only thing that really jumps out there is Fantasyland Dizzy from Codemasters, which is uh, a great game. And then, I mean, you've got Wombles by Alternative Software. I mean, coming in at number 20 there, get bent. <laughs> get Womble off of, of under my overcoat dangling free. Anyway, right, so that's it. That's your games. That's your cultural interlude. There, Ender, the interlude. <laughs> Before we move on then, Dan, do you have a fun fact? We'll take, we'll accept a non-fun fact. We'll accept a lie, to be honest, just to pad it out. So it's up to you. Just fire away with whatever you've got, really. So if anyone has seen Ghostbusters being played or played it through the course of us discussing it, you've noticed the characters are small with big heads and there's a Japanese term for it, which is chibi. It's a Japanese slang word describing something short. It's, uh, the English translation is big headitis. Uh, yes, I think that's true. <laughs> yes, but yeah, they do. They look like the guys from Pan, don't they? In this, where yeah, they've got yeah. big yeah, massive heads yeah, they've running around with heads, the little yeah. guns and stuff. Well, they're not, they're um, not quite, they don't look like whoever designed it looked like he wanted to do that, then wasn't fully committed to it. So now they just end up looking like people who've got that big head disease, elephantitis. Um, no, there's a proper, um, there's a proper term for it. Um, Gargantuan cranium. Macrophiliac, I think it is. Which is going to be a fucking great big head. Oh, I thought that. From Grimsby. I thought that for people who couldn't eat uh, celery. Um, in bed. <laughs> uh, so, who got the furthest? I got to Marshmallow Man level. Uh, where did you get to, Dan? I got to the ice level. Oh, level God, two. right, okay. Uh, Sullivan? <laughs> I got 
to the castle. So the penultimate. Uh, right. Level. Well, then I think you should lead here, seeing as you've definitely seen the most of it, and then we'll argue with you as we see fit. Okay. What, what is what, what, your verdict? <laughs> right then. Uh, so first off, I, f- I found it quite frustrating because I, I was trying to go in. I know you get 10 credits, 10 continues. And I was trying to go in and just see see how far I could get on one credit before dropping back and starting again. Yeah, it's worth sorry explaining this system because we didn't in the last bit. So yeah, you've got... Um, You've got your energy, and then you've got lives. Um, you've got health, then lives, then credits, essentially, yeah. haven't you? So yeah. you've got a good stack of time to, to get going in, but it's never quite enough. But yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, I, I always like to challenge myself and see how far I can get on one credit. And then I quickly jettison that because I'm sure, I'm sure, given enough time, anyone could do it on one CC. I'm sure they could. But for the purposes of this podcast, it came clear that <laughs> that I were on hiding to nothing if we wanted to to actually see some of it. Uh, and I think once once then I settled down to to saying right, well, I'm going to play all ten credits. And if you do that, and once after like after, once you've got to grips with the game, you're probably in for like a two or three hour session. And once I stopped pressuring myself, and then went to explore and went to grind a little and get the weapons that you needed to and kind of took it at a leisurely pace i really really enjoyed it i found i think the graphics are great i think there's a there's a really good selection of mini bosses and end level bosses even the little enemies you come across as you're exploring around the various levels uh yeah we put funny earlier about the being fire ice uh water standard you know all those tropes but what else yeah, could but you the have thing done? is on the ice level you didn't slide so what's oh, yeah, the point the, the, well yeah i guess you know the, the ice level the, brings... you know th- thing things like that if you're gonna chuck an ice level in make me slip if you're mm. gonna you know the, the fire level yes there was bits where you hurt yourself in the fire um, you have to shoot through but, like ice blocks and, and avoid icicles, and the enemies are a snowman and things. So yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe yeah, they could have put a bit of an inertia on it. Um, odd that the music's not the Ghostbusters theme tune, apart from on the menu. That's a bit weird, but I've that's got... really fucking annoying because actually <laughs> the version of the Ghostbusters theme tune that is on the menu is a very good version of the Ghostbusters theme tune, and I would have been quite happy with that tune tumor in my brain through the whole entire game and instead you just get some random mundane shit i couldn't even hum it now it's not good it's not bad but there's the ghostbusters theme tune you've already designed it you've already sat and programmed it fucking use it or, yeah, or even, even take take it and make it a jazzy theme or something instead just a riff on it rather than have that pounding away in your yeah. ears all day yeah yeah, no, but probably, the thing yeah, is, okay. if you remember back to the Commodore 64 one, that song played on a loop the whole way through and it never got boring. No. You, know, you sat there no. singing it. You're, and it even had the lyrics bouncing across at the bottom on the Commodore 64 one with the fucking ball on the lyrics and yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. You yeah. sure you weren't doing karaoke? <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Let it Google it. It, 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 it does have the little... version as well. Yeah, it does it. Does it. Uh... But yeah, I like the art style. I think it it's I think it's a solid 
platformer. It's a solid exploring thing. There's lots of stuff to do and find out slowly. So it slowly unravels. You good good in that sense. It don't feel like Can, I mean there's games we've played in the past that we've finished in a couple of sittings. So Can we talk about the shooting? Yeah, well, yeah, good good point. One thing, I've got it on Japanese uh import that I got off Porch. Thank you, Porch. I know he listens now and again sometimes when he's got no else to do, <laughs> which I don't blame him. And uh <laughs> so we're playing it on real hardware. And I had to switch to emulation because you really need to nail those diagonal shots and you can't do that on a swampy Mega Drive pad. So I switched to a stick and played right. it on the so, PC. So yeah, to explain this, you can direct the shots with your gun, but you have to be very precise as you're doing it. Or you can lie down and shoot on the floor. But I wasn't playing it on old stuff. I was playing it with an Xbox Elite controller and I even switched the D-pad out for the circular D-pad with the precise thing on and it was still fucking shit. But I still loved the game. I just couldn't get the precision I wanted with the shooting. I, I don't understand why I had to tap the button all of the time to shoot. Why I couldn't just hold down the shoot button and then angle where I wanted. It would have made much more sense to me. You know, as soon as you hold the button down, he stops moving. And then when you're using those arrows, instead of him moving, he's moving his arm. That would have been a much better uh, mechanism for the for the shooting, I think. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair points. I, I, <laughs> no, once, no once, argument. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, once I got on the once I got on on the PC and I could, because there's nothing worse than than because some of the enemies you really need to get that dag because it's not like a variant. It's not an analog thing. It, it's a no. lit, literal. Yeah, um, you've got you've got up forty five degrees, ninety yeah. degrees kind yeah. of situation going on. The other thing is as well, if you get hit or they hit you. It staggers you and knocks you back, and because it's platformy, mm. that usually knocks you off a fucking platform. And miles back, that's really annoying as well. No, yes. Uh, so, so yeah. All that being said, for me, it gets seven awoogas. I think it's a solid, solid game. Lots of gameplay, uh, lots of value for money there. Lots of longevity to find everything out. And yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I dug it. I, I agree. Because even though those things that I've slagged it off for there are annoying, I still found it fun. I still like the title music. I still liked the um, how it looked, the graphics. I thought the exploration element was good. I loved the setup of having to fight these mini bosses and having to fight the big bosses, but having the freedom to leave that level and go back in. I loved the little um, the shop and, uh, you know, being able to upgrade and get better and stuff like that. Um, the only thing, like I say, the shooting was clunky. I didn't like the 10 credits thing. Didn't need to be there. They could have just given you unlimited. But then I guess back in them days, they didn't, did they? So well, it, I, it that, that it, 10 credits, the first time I went through the 10 credits, I got to probably the end of level on midway through level end of level three, early level four, possibly because you waste a lot of it. Yeah. You waste a lot of health and and what have you, just trying to work stuff out. And then the second yeah, yeah, just exploring sitting, and going, oh, yeah, that's not yeah. the right way. I should go this way, and that's not how I approach that. I need to approach it this, yeah. which is a good thing. And then the the second big sitting where I went through all ten is when I got to that castle stage. So probably if I'd have sat down for another three hour session with it, I might have finished it off. You'd have nailed so it. as a kid, as a kid, when you had more time on your hands, could you easily got it through and considered it? But did you actually, did you have an easy, medium, hard setting on it? Or did you 
Uh, there is one in the options, but I didn't know that yeah. until after I'd played my time with it and um, watched um, a long play of it. So, yeah, I just played it on whatever the default was. But, yes, there was an easy medium ad. I don't know what it does, yeah. though. Yeah, you probably, I don't know. I, uh, who knows? But, yeah, I think, yeah, seven. Yeah, sorry. We're checking up a lot. Daniel, go. <laughs> yeah. you, sorry, Matt. What did you give it then? Seven. Seven. That, seven, same. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, Beard. Daniel looked like he was taking a shit then. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, that's his review. That's his score. <laughs> I just bounced off it. I came back to it yeah. four or five times over the six weeks that we've been uh, between episodes of something silly. And each time for about an hour or so at a time. I couldn't get on with the shooting. That just, I thought it was, I was playing it on emulation on an old Xbox 360 wired controller. And I thought, well, because that D pad is shite. So I thought, oh, um, I don't know, I'll use my um, 8-bit door snares controller because it's got a better D-pad. Still, couldn't get on with it. That bouncing you back off platforms annoyed the shit out of me. Um, it is annoying. Soul said, oh, it's a really good-looking game. I don't think it is. I think it's an average-looking 16-bit game. That's exactly how I expect a 16-bit game to look. Nothing about it jumped out at me, didn't it? 16-bit. Um, I honestly think if it wasn't a Ghostbusters game I don't think you'd have scored it as high as you have I don't um, you might, yeah you might be right to be honest there might be that nostalgia pang of uh, loving it in there maybe but possibly I, yeah, I the, mean it, the, the, it, it cost <clears throat> it could have got away with probably being it could have been a Nomad PC Engine platformer I guess in that respect but may, maybe the Ghostbusters theme elevated it yeah yeah, and, and maybe that's what a good I, that's what a good IP does to a game. I don't know, but um, the yeah, just just couldn't get on with it. I, I don't know why. Um, just never gelled with it at all. I, yeah, so I, I thought the the cost of the stuff was silly. The amount of ghosts oh, you have to catch that's ridiculous. Um, almost artificially extending the gameplay. Just don't don't need to do that. Uh, yeah, so I've. For me, it wasn't anything much above average. I'm, I'm reluctantly going to give it a six. I think being five is a bit harsh, maybe, but I'll go for a six. So busting doesn't make you feel good. Not in this instance. He lied busting earlier, makes me didn't feel it? average. Yeah. <laughs> six out of ten. <laughs> so, so, right, so a seven, a seven, and a six, giving it uh, 14. Plus what? the six, which <laughs> makes <laughs> 20. <laughs> He's using some Mark, Mark maths like. there, bro. <laughs> Mark <will> like, what? <laughs> 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 thought his dyslexia had spilled over into numbers. Oh, that'll be, yeah. it'll be, yeah. so giving us 20. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So right. shall we have a look what we could have won? Yeah. What the randomator massive potato could have debated see what I did there um, was Golden Axe 1, 2 or 3 dull but yeah go right have a fight Pfft. yeah um, ghouls and ghosts I'm glad we didn't get Golden Axe 1, 2 or 3 even though I like them because at least this was go right and then left and have a fight uh, but yeah ghouls and ghosts which ah, that would have been nice so good it? so good so, so hard, hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard punishing 
Did you pick um, up? Have, again, you seen, uh, have you seen the oh. the redo of um, Ghosts and Goblins on the? the I have, Switch. but because it looked so 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 still hard, I just don't know if I'm ready to put myself through that pain yet. But I am going to get it at some point. Right. Um. Now these next few, um, I need your help with because I don't know any of them. Game Ground, Glay Lancer, uh, Gynog, and Gunstar Heroes. I don't know any of these. Right. Well, Game Ground is a part of a Sega game, which is a top-down strat- a Sega arcade game. Sorry, which is a, like a top-down strategy thing. Um, I know it's, right. I, it's something I've never given much time, any time to actually, uh, but it, I know it gets a lot of love. Um, the arcade perfect podcast, sadly, that's wrapped up. They covered, I think, Game Ground on various different platforms, but it's supposed to be very, very good. Glay Lancer is a shooter it sounds like a, a schoolyard insult yeah get get yeah, ben Clay say Lancer. it does it, it does with a bit of wordplay sound like it could it be turned does, into yeah. four million different insults doesn't it yeah uh it's a, that is a very expensive to own on original hardware uh horizontal shooter okay get on that yeah uh Gynug is again a horizontal shooter, but you play like an angel. Um, is that that's what you are? Right? Yeah, I've, I had this as a kid for Mega Drive, and I bought it again. A uh, retro game fair thing, thinking, ah, I bet I'm gonna regret buying this. I bet it's shit. It's not, it's really good. The music's really good, it oh, plays right. really well. Yeah, side scrolling shooter, you play an angel. And well, I don't even know what a Gynug is. Is it something? I, like, judging by the picture I'm looking at, it's a guy with really big pectorals and big fuck-off wings. Yeah. He's it might be, called... there might be Jainug. Looking at the Japanese um, translation on Wikipedia, it's Jinogu. Yes, in Jinogu. the States, I think it was called Wings of, Wings of War, I think. But yeah, that, that's certainly <laughs> worth playing as well. In the States, it was called Man with Huge Pectorals who also happens to have wings. They just, they just got a name everything, don't they? So descriptively, right yeah. shooting game man. Know, just like we've got to, we've got to repackage it and make it just like the least common denominator to sell to everybody. No, just have faith in your consumers for fuck's sake. And finally, on that list is an absolute stone cold classic. I've got it. I haven't got the original because again, that's really expensive. I've got it on some compilation with Flicky, but yeah, Gunstar Heroes. It's from Treasure who are just absolute masters of their craft. Side-scrolling, shoot em, run and gun, shoot them up. It's, it does look tasty graphics-wise. Oh, it's, it does... it's brilliant, yeah, absolutely that, brilliant. It's the peak clever. of all Mega Drive stuff, isn't it? It's also what? Yeah. It's the peak of all Mega Drive stuff, really, isn't it? It's yeah, just it's just always it. Yeah, if you, if you look, if you look at Why don't we ever get all fucking good? Yeah. Why can't we give a 10? One day we're going to be able, I promise you, listener, one day we're going to be able to give a 10. I'll give you one. Anyway, my rant, mm. rant's over. Get that randomizer out and get him to pick us up another pile of fucking shit. Go on. Yeah, okay. Where is he? Digging through a cesspit, trying to look through our, for our next absolute garbage game, probably. Let's go see him then, shall we? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what? You know, 
I don't think I've ever said this to, to you three, but... Um, You've got a good game. I think, I think <laughs> shut your face, I think the time's <laughs> right that, that I, tell, I tell you this now. I fucking hate you. All of you. <laughs> I think you have told us that. Yeah. Right. I think, I think we, we anyway, gathered that by up, the quality of up, games you give shut us. Up. Shut up. The next game, it's H. H for absolute dickheads, which is what you are. Heart of the alien. Are you happy with that? Are I you? don't know yet. I'm going I, to I said, are you happy? I don't know yet. I don't know. Oh, I don't know how whatever. to Piss off. Alien. See you later. Oh, no, It's got aggro. Oh, this is my happy face. Oh, <laughs> this is my happy it's, face. Uh, Another World is one of my all-time favourite games. Of all time. That begins with A. This, this. Yeah, this, this, is, this is it. This is... This is... Um, this is a direct sequel to Another World on the Sega CD, Mega oh. CD, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, oh. Oh, if, you're in, if you're in the USA, it was out of this world. I think they called another world, didn't they? The Delphine I software. Know. I don't know. Beautiful. I've got a oh, thing. I've got yes. a little. Um, you got a boner. I've got a little stirring in my downstairs department. Um, in your chibi. For the first time ever. Maybe he listened when I um, gave him the hard word. Then. Maybe he did. I, I don't think he's that. I don't think expectations. I don't think he's that nice, Mark, if I'm honest. Uh, really? Don't don't bust my bubble this early, Sullivan. At least let me play it and realise it's shit myself. Well, we'll have to see, won't we? Oh, God. Uh, right, it better be good. Oh, I can see him giving him a piggyback. Yes, right, so... Anyway, I got distracted then by, by gingers being given piggybacks. There is no feedback... But if you want to give some, I've got some instructions here on how to do it. So, thanks for listening. We love you a long time. If you want to give us feedback or reach out, we've got a Discord, Twitter or Instagram at PixelHuntPod. You can watch us play the featured game over on Twitch at uh, slash PixelHuntPod. Uh, follow us on there because... We're rubbish at telling you when we're going live on it. So if you follow, you'll get a nice little pop-up in your Twitch app. You can see some gubbins about us and listen on our website, which is www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. Or you can drop us an email at howdo at pixelhuntpodcast.com. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. Keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast, playing the games so you don't, don't have, to. have to. Up your bump. <laughs> <laughs>